0: on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets. Now they are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events.
1: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott.
2: Hello Guilty Feminist. this is Deborah Francis-White, just letting you know that this is one of our special crossover episodes. We've done a mash-up season with some of our very favourite podcasts and this one is Jessica Fostercue's Hoovering. Jess Fostercue, as many of you will know, is one of our most regular and most popular Guilty Feminist co-hosts, so it was an absolute delight to mash up, all puns intended, with her food-loving podcast, Hoovering. Jess is on tour at the moment with her Edinburgh Comedy Award-nominated show, Hench. So go to her website, com to see where you can pick up some tickets because she will be coming to a theatre near you. Also, The Guilty Feminist is coming to both Manchester and Dublin, as well as having some shows coming up in London. Uh, so please check out GuiltyFeminist.com to find out where those are. We've also got some American dates coming up. If you're in America... January the 4th in New York City and more dates around the country will be announced very, very soon. So keep an eye on our socials for those. We look forward to seeing you live soon. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this very special crossover episode of The Guilty Feminist and Hoovering that we've called The Hungry Feminist.
3: I'm
4: a feminist, but I cook for my white, middle-class, cisgendered, sexist son with such care and love and energy that it's definitely making him more horrific as a person.
0: <laughs> oh. That's, lovely. That's lovely. Thank you. I'm a feminist, but I noticed that fans of the show who send cakes backstage, which we are so grateful for, And when we did the live tour around the country, people did it all the time. People don't do it so much in London because Londoners are entitled, but (laughs) it's true. We got some tonight, actually, because, uh, was that from you? Was that Sophie? Sophie Hodge? Excellent. Someone called Sophie Hodge sent us cakes. But there's a theme, there's a theme, the cakes are always vegan and (laughs) gluten-free. And I think that's because people think, well, that's what feminists would want. And I get the vegan part because animal rights and the... the future re- of the planet. Future of the planet.
4: Yeah. But,
0: but quite honestly, but quite honestly, I am struggling to understand the gluten-free part. Is it just a piece of inclusion because they don't know who's going to be out the back, Or is it that they think gluten has patriarchal antibodies? <laughs>
4: Don't know. Very nice. Don't
0: know. Sophie, could you explain your reasoning when you made gluten-free cakes tonight?
4: I have celiac disease. Oh, well, that's possibly the best reason that neither of us thought (laughs) of in all time. Gluten's literally fatally toxic.
0: So that means that if if you licked your finger while you're making the cakes, then you would be dying. So it's good for you to make a gluten-free cake for us. But also, presumably, you're thinking, oh, there might be other people with celiac disease backstage... Inclusive, right. OK, so I think what we've learnt there is I'm a dick. Uh,
4: no. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I am a feeder. But at least I have the decency to also do it to myself. <laughs> Tickle myself with that more than, yeah. more than anyone else.
0: I'm a feminist, but I probably love some kinds of food more than I love equality. <laughs> I'm not saying it's more important. I'm just saying it would be disingenuous to say I loved equality more than Hagen dazs
4: Beautiful.
0: I mean, there are t- I mean, of course, if I was in a situation that required equality, I'd say put back the fish food, the unbaked cookie dough, the, you know, sure. But if it's just a regular day and I haven't looked out the window to see how much inequality is out there yet and the Hagen dazs is in the freezer... Mm-mm-mm. In fact, this week though I discovered, yeah,
4: I probably should. This might be, I don't know, tuck in.
0: what I say this? Yeah.
4: Oh, damn. I need to tell you about a new type of Magnum ice cream. Okay, well, mine's a new kind of ice cream as well. Okay, great. I thought you were going to tell me about a new type of inequality. No. <laughs> um, What's your type? Okay, so I went on to Deliveroo. Is it that bullshit Halo stuff?
0: It was some... I think it's called Halo or something like that. And yeah. it said a whole tub was...
4: 320 calories yeah. in massive 320 on the front.
0: So I thought, oh, I'll try it, to see if it's any good. Yeah. Shit, innit? I, I bought... No. <laughs> I, bought, I bought two containers and then ate them both. Yeah. So what's the point? The problem with 320-calorie yeah. ice cream is that yeah. you just go, I can have all of that, yeah. and then
4: all of another. And the trick, really, is to just get any ice cream and have as much of that as you want as well. There's a new Magnum one, and there's not... There shouldn't be shame in admitting that there's shame in it because 99% of people still are feeling shame in it. So, of course, people yep. are going to buy the 320 halo bollocks. Um, and I I don't do you know what? I've tried it's... one mouthful of one flavour. Some of them might be nice. Who cares? I just think what's come out with those calories... Just to, to be, make this just to be clear, product. the
0: official branding is not 320 Halo bollocks. <laughs> just um, if, there's if,
4: this new ice cream by Magnum, and it's in a tub like a Haagen-Dazs or whatever. Have you had it? And there's one called Magnum Double Caramel, and on the top there's like two quids worth in density of um, Magnum milk chocolate, but like a fucking crust that so you have to get an axe <laughs> and you have to smack it in, so you get to do some violence really earn it and you smack it you like crack it all in and there's chocolate all around the outside and then it's the most amazing chocolate and then it's like run through with real caramel and tiny more other shards of chocolate my sister told me about it my sister Hattie and we had it on holiday in France and literally everybody got a spoon and a few people were like well I'm not really I, you know I'm not really a pudding person every single person whose mouth that went in did like a <laughs> Um, I don't know, I think it's like more powerful than a lot of activism. Which brings me back to the point about loving ice cream more than equality. Okay, perfect. Should I do my last I'm a feminist, but... I'm a feminist, but I'm so bad at... (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) yeah. Uh, I'm a feminist, but I'm so bad at flirting that once, when someone during a sexy chat time said to me, I'm great at using my mouth. I replied and said, Ah, uh, uh, I'm great at vegan cooking. <laughs> was it meant to be an innuendo. No. I literally, it was the first thing I could think of that I was good at.
0: Oh. Well, look, there's value in that. I'm a feminist, but we've just started a Guilty Feminist merch store and I'm excited about the t-shirts and i'm excited about the hoodies and i'm excited about the notebooks um very excited about those but where's the i'm, I'm a
4: feminist butt in this day
0: i'm uh, i'm most excited about the aprons that say i'm a feminist but i do love a good apron
4: yes please So I nearly asked you where to sit, like you were still the boss, but now no. we're both the boss.
0: That's true. It's a mashup. It's a mashup. That's right. We're doing a big old podcast mashup. And here I'm delighted to mash up with Jessica Foster a regular co host of The Guilty Feminist, but also uh, the host of Hoovering, a podcast all about food, but also an Edinburgh Comedy Award nominee for her show. Hench, which you have if you haven't seen, you have to see, and it's coming soon to the Soho Theatre. Honestly, one of the best shows I've ever seen. And honestly, I cried so much. I laughed, like, more. That's, it made her com- cry. It's a comedy show, but also so moving, and it was, oh, it was amazing. And if you've got any feelings about being a woman, being a
4: feminist, having a body, living in a body... Imagine if they were here and they didn't have any of those feelings. <laughs> They've come to the wrong fucking place, haven't they? <laughs>
0: if you've got any feelings about being a human
4: being <laughs> and being trapped in a body... Do you ever feel you're trapped in your body? I do. Oh, actually, that does happen, yeah. Do you ever feel like you're watching yourself do something? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's trapped outside of your body, isn't it, well, that's actually? that's more trapped outside, yeah. No, trapped in my body. No, do you know what? I'm very quite happy to stay within my body rather than be outside but of my body. do you ever think body. you'll never be anyone else? I, I yeah, get, I do think that because it's a solid fact.
0: But I, do, I, get, I get worked up, I think, I'm just going to be, this is my only experience. Like, I'm never in rooms I'm not in, but that's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I'll never be in a room I'm not in. Like, what are rooms like when I'm not there? Um, well, I'll never know. You'll all know, I'll never know. Did
4: you watch Years and Years? Not yet. Oh, so it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. But one of the frightening, brilliant things in it is the idea of, in the future, we can have a kind of transplantable consciousness. So you could be in several rooms at the same time. But, Deborah, you're... No offence, but you're fucking busy enough. <laughs> well, I... As a friend who has to regularly beg you to have one holiday a millennium... That is true. That's no, true. I don't The I don't idea know that problems. you could triple it's a bit oh, like Hermione, isn't it, in Harry Potter. You if could, I some could... Of you could be having holidays.
0: If I could have a holiday, the part that I could present my consciousness on a holiday and I could be here doing a podcast. Yeah. Speaking of looking at yourself from outside your body,
4: insects. Sexual... This isn't on the theme of either of our podcasts. And what it I, is! I, no, I it think is! This is why tonight's gonna it be is. so fun.
0: Because I think food and body is inextricably linked for me.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Because
0: that's how I know... I try and have this thing where I nourish my body with food. I Straight fuel my body with food. Right. I also have an oral fixation. So that's not funny. It's not like oral it is, sex. Debs. It is. Okay, I've said the word oral. That's funny. But I think it's linked. So I would never, ever drink, just to be clear, while I do a show. But then Jess said it's not a real one, is it? Because it's a mashup. And I said, that's a really good point. Mm. <laughs> I'm having one so you know when you said you see yourself from outside your body sometimes
4: yeah one okay. sip she's had
0: it's the spirit though isn't it it's the party spirit um, in your sexual fantasies fuck off are you When you know if you have a sexual fantasy where you can see yourself do you change your body or do you have the body you have
4: Oh, God, that's really interesting. I don't think I give myself my exact body, but I probably give myself my kindest vision of my actual body.
0: I get rid of the cellulite in my thighs. Yeah, and I that's... Photoshop a bit. Yeah, I Photoshop but a bit. I don't,
4: like, just pop a thin person's bod on.
0: No, because then it's not me in the sexual fantasy. It has to no. be recognisably me. Yeah. But I just do... I've got a lot of cellulite in the back of my thighs, which Fit. I know is meant to be beautiful, Whatever. Mine, I think some people's is. Some people's is. Listen, I... I believe in... I thought you were going to say
4: that you could fly.
0: I've given up quoting R. Kelly. (laughs) Yes, good. Um, (laughs) For feminism,
4: that's... (laughs) At the end of the Edinburgh Fringe, for my poster for my show, Hench, I had my kit off and it was covered in chalk. And I was very, very sure, at the beginning of the Fringe, before I'd even got up there, a friends, I just walked past your poster, very nice, and I went, has anyone drawn a dick on it yet? And she went, just done it now. (laughs) Um, And she obviously hadn't, but at the end of the Fringe, I tasked a friend with drawing a great big dick on all of my posters. On all of them? For feminism. For feminism. (laughs) I think also, I I mean, some bodies change quite a lot age, whatever you're doing with it, how you're moving it, babies, I don't know, tans, there's loads of stuff that can, stretch marks come and go, I think cellulite, or your feeling of your cellulitiness can come and go, so it's about an idea of what you look like, even when you're looking in the mirror, what you're seeing is so loaded by what's going on inside your coconut, and your emotionally... Mm. Your vision of what you look like, who knows what we're seeing? It's so loaded. That's a good point, actually. So
0: even people who think they see their body in a sexual fantasy may not be seeing, they may be seeing a version of their body. Yeah. Because we're all trapped in our
4: bodies. My original point. But also fantasizing about them, so watching them from outside of ourselves. Thank you very much. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, yes. Mm, okay, so on the hoovering podcast, we've never just had a drink. We always have to eat something. So are you all right to maybe have a chat with these guys Where I go and get just a small thing that I've got for us to mm, eat?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> oh, fragile. Is it, oh, God, oh, God. Oh it's God. in a big box and it says fragile. Is it my ego? <laughs>
4: Oh, that's, that's so noisy here on my podcast. If you're listening at
0: home, Jess has brought out an enormous white box and taped around the side, it says fragile in red letters. And she's now bringing out crockery and cutlery. And, uh, it's
3: not as classy as your podcast
0: dibs. No, and she's now brought out an enormous bread knife and is now hacking the box open <laughs> in a concerning fashion. Oh, she's ripping it open with both hands. Oh, it's a... Oh. Oh. Now, I know you aspire to a plant-based diet, even though you've just told us a story about the greatest ice cream ever invented, which I'm pretty sure isn't vegan. Um, is this vegan? Oh, my God! I flirt with veganism now, Devs, <laughs> because of
4: my inflexible attitude to life.
0: Wow!
3: Feminist cake
0: on the top. Oh, we have to get a picture. This is this a vegan cake? No, it shouldn't. It's not a vegan cake. A cake can't be vegan. A cake can be plant based because vegan is an ethos. Is that right? Right. Yes. So, uh, um, I just, I mean, but this is a plant based cake. Uh, I wish they could
4: see the top. I don't know okay. if it all out.
0: I'll take a picture and then I'll put it on Twitter and everyone can look at Twitter. Okay. And um, Deborah get a picture of us with the cake before we hack it
4: up? This is so fun for everybody here.
0: <laughs> I feel, I feel everyone loves it. Okay.
3: Ready?
4: <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's in. I'm really <laughs> enjoying myself. Okay, okay so what we, I, put this I on thought Twitter. we could try and eat it in the most feminist way. It should be a nice big gay rainbow within. Ooh, I'm going in. Ooh, whoa, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> so, I should say, this was made by an incredible uh, vegan baker in Catford, where I live in Southeast London, called Cat Food Cakes. Oh. And it's got nothing to do with cats. Wow, I hope I've done it feminist enough slices. They're long. Whoop. Wow. Ugh. What's the most feminist way to eat it, Debs? With our hands or without hands?
0: <laughs> uh, just with, our faces. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I've just tweeted it, so if anyone wants to see it and doesn't oh, mind go, shit. Oh my God. Oh my god. <laughs> so do we just eat what?
4: Well, I, what I've learned through doing my podcast for a year and a half is I'm still not very good at describing what I'm eating. Mm. So let's well, just try really hard. So this is a rainbow cake. This is a vegan rainbow cake. Yeah. The top is red.
0: Oh. The next layer is orange. Wow. The next but, layer is yellow. The next layer is green. The next layer is teal. And the next layer is purple.
4: Teal, Debs, you are so posh. <laughs> it's teal. I it's mean, the same
0: colour as my school uniform.
4: I'm Scum call it blue, Debs.
0: No, because no, Keemar Bob's hair is that colour and yeah. she calls it LGBT. Well,
4: that's a nice pun. Oh, the red tastes really, um, like, um... um it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> it's like moist fire. I'm having an orange bit. Orange oh, do you think a feminist way of eating it would be to try and eat it really mindfully? Oh yes, sorry. So we've done. Um... I'm trying to
0: eat mindfully at the moment. <coughs> no, I'm not trying to eat mindfully. I'm yeah. Mind- Here we go. Here we go. As Yoda says, there is no try, only do. Um,
4: okay. What if your mind wants you to eat quite fast?
0: <laughs> well, this is the problem that I have. I eat really fast <laughs> and it's just like I'm ahead of myself mm. and then I'm overly full and then I think oh no and then I want more because I didn't really taste it
3: mm.
0: but I'm too full so my new zen thing is Right and this really has helped me when I do it
4: I am listening
0: You're not but I'll talk to them because they're not eating cake
4: They are going to have all the leftovers though
0: they... yeah. Let's not call them leftovers let's call them sharing the rest mm. <laughs> Okay.
4: Quite long this is
0: my this is my strategy mm. for eating mindfully, and I swear I can. Uh, there's some receptors in my brain. I'm tasting food ten times more than I used to because I used to. I do have an oral fixation. Stop laughing at that. Sorry. It's not about oral sex. It's just about having something in your mouth.
4: I'm really good at cooking vegan food.
0: This is how I have to eat food now. Not I have to, but this so how is how I do find it? it's delicious. Would you do, you just, it?
4: do you have to um, see how slowly you can get it from your hand to your mouth? No,
0: no. My action, if I were acting. <laughs> this is top podcast comedy, Jess. <laughs> Jess is, Jess is make Jess it a bit
4: is, more Jess Jess worth it for the people that have turned up.
0: I don't feel this is making eating food more enjoyable, Jess. You can't go to Browns. <laughs> Fortnum & Mason and eat like that. You can't sit there and have your scones like that when you're with your mum.
4: I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed in there at all, Debs. (laughs) I'm eating it, obviously, a lot more slowly than the other bits. It it definitely makes it more disgusting to listen to. I've learned that. I think I did taste it a little bit more, but I think because I'd already had to, like, imagine it for so fucking long, it made it taste a bit more. But But
0: you can't go out on a date and be like... So what do you do? And then with a snail's pace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you've not swiped right on Tinder for that. No. Now what I do, it's like an acting exercise.
4: Okay. So you know
0: when you're acting, you have do your you pretend action to a tree. <laughs> no. You know you have an action when you're acting. Say you have to find a pen. And you know where the pen is, so it's really easy because it's been hidden there by the props person because that's the play. Otherwise, if you really didn't know where the pen is, the play would go on forever.
4: I did a law degree.
0: <laughs> your mother must be so disappointed. She's gutted. Gutted. So you come out and you have to, your action has to be finding the pen, not looking like you're looking for a pen, right? Right. Or your action could be um, wanting Gerald to notice you while you look for the pen in which case you sort of bend over a bit and start <laughs> Gerald <laughs> so my Gerald
3: <laughs>
0: Gerald uh, I'm after a pen <laughs> I mean because you want to seduce Gerald oh, not, well, sorry. not give the man a heart That's attack the worst thing is that was exactly what I was going for <laughs> Gerald will not be seduced by you screaming at him at those decibels.
4: Don't speak for Gerald, mate.
3: (laughs) No,
0: it's more like... Oh! Where's my pen? Where's my pen?
4: I'm very good at cooking vegan food. If you're listening at home, I was sort of, uh, I was, I was. She was, I was being real sexy over there. Yeah,
0: I was, I was just sort of popping down and you know, doing a bit of bend and snap. Exactly, I was doing a bit of bend and snap. Now, now. So my objective when I'm eating, and this has really worked for me, that I actually enjoy my food. Well, for genuinely the first tell me years, it because
4: I want to try and do it with the blue.
0: Okay, is teal. teal sorry. LGBT... Is, is, is stopping eating. So, so, no, 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 it's really good. No, 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 you've
3: misunderstood.
0: Because my action normally is, how quickly can I get the next piece in? So it's like, if I treat this like it's my last mouthful, suddenly it's like my brain receptors go... It's not, I know it's not going to be. It's like my synapses just suddenly... Because I have a... No, it's not a bad thing. It's really good, guys. I need to convince you of this because when everyone leaves, if we ever have a dinner party or a lunch party...
4: I thought it might be the last one.
0: I'm telling you it works. Okay. When everybody leaves, if I have a dinner party, the leftovers to me taste incredible. So if I go around the kitchen, sort of having little bits on my own, it's that bit at the end of Nigella Lawson where she sneaks into the fridge. There's no bit of cake that tastes better than when you're just having a, oh, yeah. just have a sneaky bit and you really relish it. Apart
4: from these bits now.
0: So, for, so when I decide, I'm not sort of going, oh, I'm stopping eating for the night. It's not like I'm doing that. I'm just going, I'm going to have this, then I'm going to yeah. stop and see if I want any more.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like hmm. I can do that sometimes if I'm already full. <laughs>
0: So it's for now. But I do know
4: it is good food you. It's for now
0: I've done eating. <laughs>
4: and everyone. And, and then I have to decide, world.
0: do I want more? I do want
4: more. <laughs> yeah, great.
0: Now, for yeah, some yeah, yeah. reason, it makes me taste my food mm. so much more. Like, honestly, it tastes ten well, times as amazing. vibrant in my
4: mouth. That's amazing.
0: And also, I can find I can stop. I can stop really easily. And then later, I'll leave the plate there, like if I'm watching telly or something. And then mm. I'll go, do you know what? I'd like some more yeah. and then I have the re- the other half whereas normally yeah. what I do is just shovel it down don't really taste it and then mm. go is there any more immediately go yep. downstairs go I'll have some more and then I shovel that down I don't really notice and then I feel deprived and overly full
4: I was here with my friend's family really earlier and I watched them have some pud and um, <laughs> I didn't have any because I knew I was having this and ah. it meant that I really did need to just have a pudding's worth before I could stop and really um, care <laughs> Um, and I'm not... Remember. Yeah, I don't really but, care about pullings that much, but I think I've had, I ordered this, I enjoyed ordering it, I enjoyed communicating with the person. I've been looking forward to seeing what it looks like. It was a surprise, it got delivered straight to the place. I think there was a lot of anticipation. The whole cake was the equivalent of the slow piece of cake to the mouth on the spoon. I think the idea of a thing much like everything, I think, feel like we're doing lots of comparisons with sex and eating and that's not unreasonable but I feel like the idea of a thing can be so much, so exciting as well as the actual thing. Mm. What it looks like, what it smells like, all the other things, I think that's part of mindfulness, trying to take in the all, all of it a bitness. This is like, the theatre of this is so fun, right? Mm. A massive, fuck off rainbow cake. Mm. But also, I'm just on a basic, what it tastes like, I think it's a badass vegan cake. Like it's a really good, mm. moist, tasty, like I've genuinely, I've got fuck all. Great descriptors. Mm-hmm. Are the flavours going to taste, like the colours, going to taste different? I don't know. Because they don't, right? <laughs> Has anyone that's... here ever tasted a different flavour within a rainbow cake? Uh, no. Okay, well, there we go. We have good harmony good on that. Good Pardon? Good blind what? Did we both just shut our eyes? Um,
0: they taste the same.
4: They're going to taste the same. It's just colouring, isn't it? I just think it's a really fun. Yeah Yeah, anyway, what a great time we're having. Okay. Okay.
3: Mm.
4: Bit much now. I see that's that's it. Mm. I feel I can go quite quickly and then still get to a point of like like an emergency stop. (laughs) It's not the safest way to drive, Debs. Probably not the healthiest way. But I'm not dead.
0: in my time. Please welcome on the stage, Jessica
4: <laughs> Hello. I don't weigh myself, because how much I weigh is not how I choose to value myself, is what a perfect feminist would say. <laughs> I don't do it because it makes me sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because I'm very heavy, and they say you're not meant to be that. Um, the only time I weigh myself is if I'm going on holiday and I don't know how much my suitcase weighs. Because um, often you're only allowed 23 kilograms, aren't you? And I don't know if you know, you're not meant to put the bag directly on the scales. It's designed for human hooves, so you're meant to get on the scales with the bag, without the bag, and do your own maths. Weirdly, in that context, doesn't affect me emotionally at all. I think a big part of that is I don't really know what kilograms are. <laughs> um, and really in that context "Precious on the Bag," isn't it you're never going to get through all those three big books you're only away for a week Um, I think I've got much better at knowing in advance the things that are going to make me very sad like um, even a few years ago I had to have some very close loved ones some friends some family sort of Have a word with me, really, and say, you know, we're really worried about you. We don't know what's going on over the last few months, but, you know, we're a bit panicked and you definitely need to get some help and we don't know what it is, but everyone's very upset on your behalf and you've got to get this sorted out. We don't know if it's a nervous breakdown or maybe if you need to talk to someone even about bipolar or something, but it turns out I've just been off carbs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And all all my life, any diet I've ever done has um, always had a very immediate, very obvious impact on my mental health, but it hasn't stopped me trying every single one um, the earliest one I remember with any clarity I was 11 and I did the apple a day diet I don't know if you know that so you just have one apple all day sometimes I swap it in for a banana because variety is everything um, And I got um, very, very tiny for my frame, very tiny as 11. I went quite grey. Every day I passed out on the way home from school. I passed out every day. I was in a hot room every time I was in a hot room. So my my body was covered in scrapes and bruises and grazes. And that went on and on and on. And at my very tiniest at 11 years old, after maybe five months of that, because it was still on my frame, at my tiniest weight then, if you'd put me on a BMI chart, I was still just in the obese category. Because I am fucking hench. Um, (laughs) LAUGHTER also, maybe it's a little bit of an indicator that somebody's weight might be a slightly overly basic bitch arbiter of whether they're healthy or not. <laughs> Like, I mean, I mean, compared to actually looking at somebody's body, look at the complexities of someone's body, looking at how they're treating it, what they're putting into it, what they're doing with, what, what's coming out of it. It's all good and well if you've got a Lamborghini, but not if it's my nana driving it. Um, I think your weight is relatively arbitrary, unless you're a baby or a jockey or an astronaut, or if you're about to do a bungee jump. <laughs> um, if you are about to do a bungee jump and you're filling in that form, that is one time. Do not use your Tinder weight. Um, LAUGHTER I haven't been on a diet now for over a year and it's the happiest I've ever been in my life and the stats are in now there's an overwhelming amount of evidence big juicy, sciencey facts that less than 5% of diets work, which means they don't work, um, which makes it all the more boggling that when I know every single time I say that to any kind of audience, I know there'll be some people in the audience going, what are the 5%? Um, (laughs) And that's why there's still lots of people making a massive amount of money out of the diet industry. And it's fascinating to watch those people react to the growing consciousness that their product is uh, harmful. Weight Watchers, for example, have rebranded as WW. But in a very savvy move. For months, they refused to say what the W or the W stood for. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: Could have meant anything. <laughs> Sounds like someone started to tell you about a website they're on, then just sort of trailed off. <laughs> Probably through hunger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I tell you I'm WW? Uh. <laughs> Forgive me if I don't 100% trust the artist formerly known as Weight Watchers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Slimming World are worse, they do a thing where if you eat anything calorific on a Slimming World diet, it's measured in sins. It's measured in sins. Is that the future that we want? Where are in the supermarket choosing your dinner going, what should we have? That looks nice, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, that looks really nice. Should we get that? Oh, I can't eat that. It's got over 50%. Shame. Don't get me wrong, I'm fully aware that food can be good or bad nutritionally, of course it can, obviously it can. I just think it's so patronising of swimming world, and I think the vast, vast majority of adults and enormous amount of children as well fully understand that nutritionally a Mars bar and maybe an apple or an orange are gonna do something different to your body. But it's got nothing to do with morals, has it? Fair enough, the Mars bar might like give you some excess energy, might make you a little bit bigger than you were before, might make you a little bit high then a little bit low, might make you a little bit queasy, but it hasn't done anything morally bad, has it? It's a Mars bar, it's never kicked a dog. That's it. It's a Mars bar. It's never denied the Holocaust, has it? Because <laughs> it's food, not Liam Neeson. <laughs> That's it. Friends, please, welcome to the stage, Tepper Francis-White!
0: Last year, when I needed to finish writing the Guilty Feminist book, I went to a juice-only retreat up a spectacular Portuguese mountain on the promise that juice is cocaine for healthy people.
4: (laughs) I'm listening. What are you doing? I'm just tidying up. (laughs) Sorry. I genuinely just wanted to. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry.
0: So this is the diary I wrote. Day one, I arrive at the mountain. The place is large and calm. I meet the other retreaters. We have soup before bed. We all agree it would be better with bread. But it's fine. I am not hungry and don't intend to be. I think this is easy, and it turns out that I'm the kind of person who will enjoy a week-long juice retreat. Day two, I wake up in time for the first juice of the day. It's important to get up, because if you miss your juice window, there's no more juice for hours. <laughs> I drink the juice. Salinsky <laughs> has been up for hours. So just to be clear, I've come there to write a book, because I've been told juice is cocaine. I really have been promised this. I've been promised this. This is not me. Oh, I'm pretending that, and I'm trying to lose weight. I've genuinely been promised. This is going to give me this mad focus for the book. Uh, Selinsky, who some of you will know is my husband, and also produces the podcast... Um, Selinsky has been up for hours. He's got up early to go on an official organised juice retreat walk in the mountains. And then all he's had is juice. He's fine. Why isn't he starving? He should be starving and fainting. How is he fine? <laughs> we gather for the induction. A perky woman called Tamara stands up in the front. Now, your friends all think you're mad coming on this, don't they? They've probably said you're mad and it's dangerous just to drink juice. N- no, I think none of my friends have said that. They said, I wish I was coming, or what a great start to January. We shake our heads. They did say that. I know they did. She insists. And if they didn't say it to your face, they said it behind your back. (laughs) I feel paranoid now. If you were on Instagram drinking and doing drugs in Las Vegas, they'd say you were living the life. Who does drugs on Instagram, I think? (laughs) Don't the police look there? But you come and put good nutrients into your body, and they say you're mad. You've been brainwashed. You've joined a cult. Do they? Who is saying that? What? When? Should I send them a reassuring email to let them know I'm okay? Lunchtime, day two. I'm overcome with a crippling headache. Not only can I not write, I cannot hold my head up or see light. Tamara assures me this is caffeine withdrawal headache and will pass. She suggests napping in a hanging womb basket, which puts the body automatically into the fetal position. (laughs) I try the hanging wound basket and nap for 30 minutes, waking five hours later. No book written. Nighttime, we have soup but no bread. Where is the bread? I need bread. What is, what is soup without bread? It is hunger. It is despair. It is bleakness. Tamara tells me I can have one official juice retreat power bar made of dates and nuts without ruining it. I have three. I sleep badly, waking up hungry and headachey. This risk has not paid off. I see now there can be no book writing without food, and there is no food up this mountain and no way off. I feel more like Gilligan than Ginger. Day two, Selinsky goes off for another early group walk. How are his legs working? This, This confirms my suspicion that my husband is not a man, but a black mirror app. He comes back refreshed and enjoys his juice. He reports no change in his body, and that he is not hungry. I receive my first contact from the outside world, a message from Ned Sedgwick from grown Upland, and my sidekick on Global Pillage. He has an admin question. I tell him of my painful hunger, my inability to focus, and Tom's ability to go on long walks with no apparent difficulty. Deborah, he writes back, he is walking to McDonald's. <laughs> no, I say, he's going with a group led by tomorrow. This corruption goes all the way to the top, he replies. After another afternoon in the womb basket moaning, Tamara assures me the juice high and superhuman focus will kick in sometime in the next few days. It needs to kick in now, I reply. I have a book to write. That night we watched Dr. Foster, a BBC drama about a doctor whose husband is cheating on her. There are more luscious dinner parties in this show than are possible to imagine. (laughs) They constantly eat pasta dripping with tomato sauce and drink crisp white wine from oversized glasses. I'm sure there is tiramisu in more than one scene. I have two... (laughs) I have two and a half power bars and then the other half of the third. I sleep. Day three, I wake up at 7am, more alive and awake than I've ever been in my life. I feel like a meerkat on amphetamines. I jump out of bed and go down to the gym because I need to run for half an hour before I have my juice. I sit down on the laptop and type like Jackal Nicholson in The Shining, only every sentence is different. <laughs> Day three to five, no diary because I only write the book. <laughs> Day six, our final session with Tamara is a make-your-own-juice session. She tells us that when we go home, we will need to make and drink our own juice all the time and suggest various ways of replacing meals and food with refreshing juice. I am sold. Juice is cocaine for healthy people. I will juice every day, I think. When you go back home, all your friends will say you've been brainwashed and are in a cult. The best way to convince them that you're not is to have a party and get them to try the juice. <laughs> I am not making that up. Ask Zelinsky, ask him. I think, if the theme of your party is, I'm not in a cult, <laughs> then passing out Kool-Aid is probably not the way forward your party show these videos of why juicing is good for you and get them to sign up for a retreat she says she passes out branded towels with a logo that says juice you can give this as a prize at your party (laughs) this will not help with the narrative about not being brainwashed i think I leave the juice mountain full of energy and vigor with a complete book ready to be published. My risk paid off and I am not in a cult. I am not in a cult. I am not in a cult. I come home. I remember bread. I forget juice.
1: (laughs) Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long
3: delicious.
4: Our guest today is a cognitive behavioural therapist and intuitive eating counsellor based in London. She's working to help people cut out baffling diet gibberish and develop harmony with food. Please welcome Davinia Nall. Yes, hello mate.
0: Take a seat.
4: Thanks for joining us. Thanks to for joining us, Tavinia. Terms like emotional eating and mm. oral fixation mm. and food addiction are maybe bullshit, <laughs> but I don't
5: know. Tell me. Emotional eating is a thing, but right. it's not a bad thing. Okay. So it gets demonised a lot, but there's actually nothing wrong with having a bit of cake if you're sad or you're happy. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having sausage rolls at a party, you yeah. know, because you're having a good time. Vegan ones. <laughs> yeah, vegan ones, vegan sausage rolls. But it is good to have loads of other things in your toolbox. Right. So mm. to call a friend and have some cake, or listen to a podcast Yeah. and have some cake, rather yeah. than,
4: <laughs> rather so than you... just have the cake. <laughs> so
5: you should be always having the cake, but... <laughs>
0: Do something
3: else. Because <laughs> like I thought you were going to say instead
0: of having cake, sometimes have a podcast, and then sometimes go, "No, I want a cake. I don't want a podcast." And other times go, "I'm going to call a friend." But you're saying we should add cake to everything.
4: <laughs> I mean, I like her. I like yeah. Davinia. I like. Um, her. Would you mind giving us like a layperson's guide to what intuitive eating is? Because I I talk about it a lot on my podcast, but I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm, uh, I, comedian. Oh I,
0: I feel um, like I sort of do but I sort of I've intuited what intuitive like eating when is. When you
4: talk about intuitive eating you're like because deep down if I really think about it I want a bit of broccoli. And no it's I like, do. <laughs> I do. I don't know if that's how.: No if you really meditate mm. you, I,
0: most of the time your body is asking for vegetables. That is not
4: true. Yes. <laughs> your body is asking to survive. Your body is asking for things rich in nutrients. Our mm. bodies maybe with stinking hangover might be like please give me a vitamin.
0: I don't know. Actually, when I try and tune into what I really want, if I'm hungover, it's always like chips and kind of carbs. Yeah. But if it's a regular Wednesday... I genuinely, generally do crave, like, I'm pescatarian. I'm not a plant-based diet person, but I try mm-hmm. and cut out dairy and be sort of pesky, plant-based. And I want fish. <laughs> and I'll, No, yeah. because pesky, no, but
5: anyway, whatever. I see, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so anyway so I asked you I a question, that. then
4: we spoke for half an hour. <laughs> okay. So but,
5: sorry, Dominion. Um, um, so sorry. Minute. Please Welcome tell us podcasting. your wisdom. Okay, so intuitive eating is, I would say, a framework, a set of guidelines and it's to help people trust their bodies again and get back in touch to what their bodies are saying. So a lot of dieters or people that have disordered eating, we use external rules to tell us when to eat, what to eat, and it's about getting back in touch with your hunger, what you like, listening to your body, nourishing your body, really getting in touch and making peace with food and not demonizing food and seeing food as good and bad taking away the morality from food
4: it feels like the morality in food things not just the diet industry doing that it's more pervasive than that like there's yes. a, uh, where I used to live in ladywell in southeast london there's a, a cafe that did the most amazing cakes but i was like i'm not buying your cakes because there's a sign outside that always had some variation on why don't you give yourself a treat or like why don't you just have a little reward? Or like feeling like doing something naughty today. And it's like, oh, kiss my dick. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, just say buy a cake. Do you want a cake? Have a yeah. cake.
1: Yeah. But it is, <laughs> There's I a get ad going, going for, but I feel like
4: it's so deep in the psyche of all of us that it's a treat or a reward or sinful or naughty. Mm. And it's like, well, actually, it's just Food. fat, sugar, delicious... <laughs> But do you know what I mean. Mm. It's fuel. It's a very, very energy-rich type of fuel. There's an
0: advert at the moment which the tagline is "Now you'll have to find another way to be naughty." Ugh. I suspect it's the awful low-calorie ice cream that I just had. Right. I did find a way to be naughty. I ate two buckets,
5: <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's where those ice creams are a problem. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, you're better off just eating exactly what you want and just enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's absolutely true. <laughs> How though? <laughs> Do I stop when I've really had enough, and I know I've had enough, and I know the next bit's not going to make me happy. I know the next bit. Okay, so I came the other night, really trying yeah. to be getting in touch with my hunger. Really yeah. I know this is probably more of a counselling session just between you and me. And I, I, do enjoyed,
4: so. I feel a little bit okay. sort of pervy being no. in on okay. this.
0: So the other night I came home, and I've really tried to get in touch with my hunger, and I do enjoy eating a lot more when I'm hungry, and I really enjoy like, waiting till I'm hungry, and then really having something out I love. And then stopping and, like, just before I'm, like, full, properly full. And then later thinking, oh, I'm hungry again. This is brilliant news. I can have some more. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. But the other night I came in, I was hungry. Great, great news, great news. But I was only a bit hungry. And somebody, I don't know who, left on the stove some rice with mushrooms. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm so lucky. So I scooped it out, stood at the stove, just eating it off a wooden spoon. Delicious. And then I had had enough. So I walked away. And then, just as I was about to leave the kitchen... I just went back, and I was like, you've had enough, don't ruin it. But my hand...
3: <laughs> just, just
0: like, And I finished it, and then I went upstairs overly full. So wow.
4: I feel like I'm understanding why you started the show by talking about being outside of your body, Deborah, because I don't think you realise that your hand is controlled by yeah, your but it brain it isn't, and isn't though, body. it isn't. How?
0: How? And I need the answer now. How do I say to Gently,
4: my
3: feet and my hands? With the guest.
0: How do I say? <laughs> what are you doing? Because my head knows. My head's like, you've really enjoyed that and you've had enough and you'll feel really lovely when you go to bed. Not overly full. What's that bit that's happening there? I need to know, why do you need to stop? Because... <laughs>
4: Because, because how shitty... So, okay, so if you... Why are you happier? Because I don't want to lie Does your body feel that shit because you've finished the rice and mushrooms? <laughs> really? If
0: I have two pints of haagen I don't feel no. like I've nourished my body. I don't feel like I've looked after my body. I feel like I've put too much of something that it doesn't want to be in there in there. Mm. I know when I get into that mindful place that I can have a lovely bowl of haagen Really enjoyed myself and I don't want anymore genuinely yeah. when I'm in a good place I'm just thinking about what I'm going to be writing or as you say I'm calling a friend I'm listening to a podcast or thinking really about depends. what you're eating
4: while you're eating it like
0: that's the problem I don't want to be thinking about the next bowl of ice cream when I'm having this bowl of ice cream anymore I don't want to be living like that I want to yeah. just enjoy what I'm doing and then just <laughs> when the I'm in a happy thing. place I'm not thinking about the next bowl of ice cream I'm only thinking about ice cream when I want ice cream mm-hmm. uh, so,
5: how <laughs> do you know the answer I'm afraid I don't
4: <sighs> I want to ask it. Thank you for coming. I I have some cognitive behavioural therapy and I had a funny moment in my therapy, for me funny, Mm -hmm. where my therapist said to me, when you binge eat, um, say you've eaten and eaten and eaten very fast in a way where you're not tasting it or whatever, then how do you feel? And um, I don't think I gave the correct answer. I said, I do feel amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like... I think you're meant to be quite distressed by that. But other people can be very distressed by it. And obviously at times that's very distressed by it. And all the other symptoms of that. I feel like binge eating disorder is something that people don't talk about very often out loud. Because it's so loaded in shame compared to all other addictive behaviours and all other disordered eating. Because the other disordered eating involves a type of control, I suppose, or what's perceived as willpower or self-restraint or poise or yeah. composure. And there's so much shame around it. Um, do you work with people in that situation? And have you ever, ever had anybody who found it made them very happy?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, <laughs> yes. Um, <Phew>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do work with people with binge eating disorder, and you're right, there's a lot of shame attached with it and i think that is to do with society as well demonizing how much we eat telling us what we should eat shouldn't eat how much when we think about portion sizes that diets tell us it's like a bird would eat it you know Mm. so i think there is a lot of shame attached to it but the happiness um i'm not sure about the happiness that clients don't usually say they're very happy okay that's fair (laughs) enough
4: um no, I mean, I don't think always, but I think that's part of the process of detaching the shame. I it's think It's so complicated, isn't it? With
0: booze, I will have a couple of glasses in the pub and I will notice if I go out with some friends, they cannot stop drinking booze. And for me, if I've had two glasses, I'm probably done. And actually, if yeah. I have another one, it's because I'm being sociable and I don't want to leave them. You know, they're like, come on, I'll have another one. And I'm like, okay. But I'm genuinely not thinking about when can I get more booze. Now, I know some people are, but I think we've all got something someone else might be like binge watching a show and you'd be like actually I've watched two episodes oh, I really want to go and do something else now or I want to go to bed I think when I'm just really enjoying what I'm eating and I don't wish to overfill myself and I don't think about food till I'm hungry it's mm. genuinely a state with nothing to do with me it's just a good state of mind yep so any advice <laughs> for how to get into that state of mind I that
4: Debra's just using this to get personal <laughs> tips
0: <laughs> I feel like my questions will be other people's questions
4: that's true
5: So intuitive eating is a set of guidelines, there's loads, and it's about working through those guidelines, I would say one by one, so rejecting the diet mentality completely, accepting that diets don't work, Um, it would be about listening to your hunger and fullness, finding food that you find really satisfying and nourishing, moving your body in, um, in a way that feels right to you. Having, I guess, body neutrality, so having, I guess, gratitude and respect for your body. It's not about, you know, you don't have to love your body and think it's amazing, but it's about actually, you know, my body got me up, it got me to work, it's got me here, you know, it helps me laugh and have fun. You know, following those guidelines and getting to that place. You said
4: it sounds really complicated, but it's just so simple, it's just so hard to do. Yeah. Because we're so trained out of it from the off, like if you're lucky enough to have a parent who was able to and wanted to... Knocker feed you on demand for however long. feed you? Tip-feed, boob-feed. <laughs> breast feed yeah. Whatever. But most people, people <laughs> you know, a lot of people won't have that. A lot of people no, will have a parent adopted. that can't do that. But either way, for a lot of people, what I'm saying is from birth, you stop eating in a way where you're responding to your hunger and fullness.
0: Mm. From well, birth. Um, Jess, I have to tell you. Yes. Right. Okay. I worked once with this amazing, intuitive Lebanese-French film director. And he just looked at me and he went... <laughs> He went one day, he just went, how old were you when you were adopted? And I went, how do you know I was adopted? And he just went, how old were you? And I said, 10 days. He said, and where were you for that time? I said, I oh, that it was just in the hospital. And he said, who was looking after you? I said, just whatever nurse was on the shift. And he went, mm, that is why you like attention. And that is why you like food. <laughs> wow. Now, I think at the time, obviously, I was a little bit insulted. But... <laughs> I think he's right because if for the first ten days mm. you have to flag down a nurse, there's not some mother yeah. over you going, "How are you? How are you, a little one? do you want more? She, well, she hasn't yeah. latched. Is she cold? Is she hot?" That's then how
4: all the mothers speak. You.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> how I imagine it. That's how I imagine it. <clears throat> uh, exactly if you like have that. to flag down a nurse to get the milk, and then if you don't drink all the milk, the milk is taken away, yeah, and it's you, you know, you learn when the milk comes, you drink all the milk, or you're going to be yeah, hungry, and you also learn to do this. Hello, nurse. And this yeah. is why I'm a stand-up
5: comedian yeah. who eats two pints of ice cream. <laughs> you seem to have a lot of recollection for your, when you were 10 days old about, about what happened. I, I,
4: I've reimagined it. It's a fictitious version.
5: I've reimagined it.
4: That's what all memories are. That's how our brains work. True. We don't have like a file of facts. We recreate things from scratch every time we have a memory. So it's all bullshit. Um, LAUGHTER <laughs> I learned that from another podcast. Um, intuitive eating. So I want to know what you think of somebody who counsels people into an intuitive eating lifestyle about, is it called orthopraxia? Is there a new kind of like clean living, disordered eating where people oh. are obsessed with
5: orthorexia?
4: orthorexia. I, want to know about, I want to know about what your feelings are on absolutism in terms of things like clean eating or maybe veganism and movements like that.
5: Well, when you think about clean eating, it's like what is the opposite of clean,
4: you know? And uh, yeah. KFC. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a documentary about how they make the gravy. So oh. sorry.
5: Oh gosh. <laughs> and the opposite of clean is dirty, and, and often a lot of these really strict and rigid diets they make a lot of people feel like they're failing. There's a lot of low self-esteem attached to it. There's a lot of good and bad, right and wrong, and it doesn't take into account what you actually enjoy and what you actually like. So if we was working with someone with with orthorexia, we'll really get in touch with what is it that you actually like, what is it that you enjoy, um, helping them to be more compassionate to themselves, and also getting rid of those food rules, like just getting rid of them completely, getting rid of I must have this, I can have that, just trying to really talk back to those diet pesky thoughts that pop up in your mind. Mm. I think that some
0: vegans would argue that our rights are not greater than the animal's right not to be milked or eaten. I think that is valid, and I do think probably in hundreds of years, should we survive from climate change, we will be looked back on as a terribly cruel society Mm. because we did that. But we are still living in a world where it can be very difficult to stick to that, and we're also messed up in our heads
4: about all of this stuff...
0: But I think once you're in that, I think when you get more plant-based, you just have these problems within that. Sure.
4: And also I think that, you know, it's as, uh, I feel like that answer was amazing in the sense that you think about it in terms of, well, what do you really want? And if what you really want is to eat in a way that's going to make you feel like you're doing something that's a nod at least to your feelings about animals and all the planet or both, Mm -hmm. then that's going to make you feel good, right? If you chose the vegan thing and actually over time habits form and you do start to think, oh, I do want the thing. I remember you... Mm was it a conversation or a tweet or something? But I remember you, Deb, saying like, oh, I've, so what's really nice is on a menu I've just looked at and I've just genuinely wanted the, the vegan, vegan stew thing or, or something. Yeah, I was like, like oh, that's that really amazing. nice when that happens, yeah. when that is the thing that you fancy most, you're like, so oh, good. best yeah. of both worlds, get the smugness and the tastiest thing.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but then I, I think what the tweet said, I've just done hot yoga and then gone to a cafe and what I really wanted most was the vegan casserole so don't think your dreams can't come true and you can't change you too could go to the moon <laughs> oh god because no i was being sarcastic about myself but i was basically oh, going God! Inside. i thought you
4: were active influencing no
0: mean like i've changed so much that you right. could go to the moon if that could be me because when i was younger i you know i wanted meat and cream cake and to lie down
4: <laughs> but that would have also been fine
0: yeah, but I'm happier when I move my body. And I think oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. I've got to be honest about that. Yep. I wasn't happy being sedentary. Yep. Things hurt. I felt tired all the time. And it depleted the quality of my life. And now, you know, not everybody can move. And not everybody has the luxury of being able to pay for yoga yeah. or do the kind of exercise they like. Or they've got three kids and walking to school and back with them is hard. And you know. yeah. But I'm not in that situation. So yeah. for me, I feel like moving makes me happier but sometimes it's easy to lie there and be sedentary and be miserable yeah
4: oh uh, it's no shame Is saying that moving makes you happier. no me no too. i'm just saying
0: i'm just saying like it's sort of like oh but you're being good no i'm being yeah i'm not being I'm making good. myself happy i'm I think being it's actively compassionate to myself and making myself happier
4: yeah but, <laughs> um i mean if you're listening we're all having a really good nod I agree. Like we are it's yeah, whatever. You know. I think it ultimately comes down to that thing of like if something makes you extremely sad, try to do that less. Mm. <laughs> it's diets for me made me so sad. They're so sad. And then anyway, if something makes you very happy. Yeah, it just sometimes it. it
0: takes effort to do the thing that makes you happy. And I don't know why as human beings we're so determined to do things that actually ultimately make us unhappy but take Do you wonder effort. about this,
4: guys? Do you ever think that sometimes we do things that are destructive mm. and, you know, smoking, recreational drugs, laying around for ages when you know you should have got up and... I don't know. Any of those things that we do, and I feel like that's gone right back to the earliest... Kind of uh, human we've ever known in existence. There were ways of getting druggy things out of plants and drinks out of mm. booze, and mm. like we've been getting fucked up <laughs> through food or drugs or booze for ever. Yes. yes. And do you think that's part of our humanness? Maybe. And if we didn't do it, we would be superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> Davinia, over to you
0: we did not find something to intoxicate us, would we be superhuman?
5: Probably not, oh. I'd
0: say. I'm oh, sorry.
4: <laughs> okay, it's the last question. I'm going to give you a scenario. Everybody gets a scenario. It's always a okay. very strange scenario. This will be a unique scenario for us here this evening. The zombie apocalypse actually happens, you guys, but the zombie is the patriarchy. Um, LAUGHTER all the bits of it we thought we'd killed or at least dying, have reanimated and have come back to us and they've come to take us from our jobs in the day and in the night if we're comedians. Um, It's like from our beds in the night, but it's like from jobs in the day. Do you like it? Yeah, And they've come back to control all of our parts, hearts and minds and make us all shy and tiny again. But it's agreed not to do it, but only if us three and weirdly it does have to be us do a Tough Mudder event. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, (laughs) Have you heard of it, Deb? it would be your idea of hell <laughs> yeah. um, it's an army assault course in the oh, wet wet no, mud no no um, no but we have to do it dressed as nuns but also in heels because it is the patriarchy making us do it yes. after all <laughs> think sister act meets Rambo 2 it sounds impossible but you do it Yay. so you are physically exhausted you've had this incredible not just done a bit of exercise you've done something extraordinary, extraordinary. so you're yeah. quite high yeah. you're quite but you're a shower or whatever you want to feel human again or whatever you mm. like to feel nice so that you're in a place your award is the adulation of everyone for all time you go down to history for doing something absolutely incredible you've saved us from the patriarchy feminisms done um, <laughs> tick but your award in the moment is the feast of your dreams. I would love to know if consequences were not a thing, mm. and none of this has to be possible, what would be your dream thing in a lovely situation? morality out of the picture? No, I don't care about any of those things. Okay, I just want to know okay. your ultimate fantastical dream oh. thing, to eat, drink, and if there's a who, with, and where, then who, with, and where?
0: Roast chicken. Mm. And I would like both pommes And mashed potato. So two, potato, in fact, no, fuck it, potato three ways. Also, I want that cream, you know, the ones with the cream. Dauphinoise. The dauphinoise, yeah. So I'll have the mash, I'll have the Mm. dauphinoise, I'll have the pommes frites. We're in Paris, you've taken me there, because they just have a magical way with food there that I don't understand. And there's a gravy over the top that's that amazing, ooh, gravy. Probably just something like some long-stemmed broccoli or something just like really tender
4: long stem broccoli oh, on I'm the feeling side. I'm it, Debs. And
0: Sounds then... Good. I'm loving it. Now, I want a three-pudding pudding.
4: Yes, please. How are you doing the broccoli first? Is that roasted or have you just steamed it? <laughs> roasted. Yeah, a little roasted. Roasted, with garlic. So roasted with garlic. Roasted with garlic and onion. Thank you for saying that.
0: Um, <laughs> and then... For the pudding, I'm going to have a cherry cheesecake. So cheesecake, really New York. We've gone to New York now for the pudding. We've left Paris. Uh, We've flown in a jet, private jet. Um, uh, We've arrived in New York City. We've gone to Manhattan. We've gone to a deli. And we've ordered a cheesecake with a cherry. Do you know, I've not planned this. I'm ad-libbing it, but it's wonderful. Cherries on the top, uh, like a sort of glazed, you know where they have a New York, like a glazed cherry compote type thing on the top. It's got one scoop of vanilla ice cream on the side, a la mode. Ooh. Then next to it is a tiramisu. I've ordered, and I've ordered three <laughs> puddings, no shame. I've uh-huh. looked the waitress straight in the eye. It's all for me. I've said to her, it's all for me at the top. <laughs> Don't start thinking I'm going to be sharing this because I'm not. I haven't got friends coming. This is all for me. I've got a cherry cheesecake with a la mode, one scoop of ice cream. I've got a tiramisu with the real creamy, you know, with the coffee, and it's really lush, and it's all got soaked in booze. I mean, it's really deeply soaked in booze. And the third thing is a chocolate eclair. I've probably popped that in my bag from Paris, to be honest, because that's better from Paris. It's a cream... But it's got the cream in the middle, not the shoe. I don't want any... Mis- no, not any of the chocolate stuff in the middle, cream. And then I'll eat that very slowly with a spoon, and I don't want anyone to talk to me or distract me. This is my time now. Yeah. And I will have all of that, and then a chocolate mint at the end.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and after dim- the <laughs> Also... Because I know it's how you like to eat, I want you to have that in a way where you can just have a little bit, fuck off, do something else, Mm. come back. You can have that over a month if you want, Deb, so no one's going to judge you for it. Save it.
0: it. Like the time when I was a kid, when I went to a birthday party and got a Mars bar and I knew we would not, not that we weren't allowed, but we just wouldn't be bought that kind of stuff. Mm. And so I made that Mars bar last so I could have a tiny bit every single night. And it was like, how small a portion could you have and still taste it in your mouth? It's wonderful. I made it last for six months.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, I would have a Jamaican version of a roast. Oh, <laughs> talk us through
4: So, it would it. probably be...
5: <laughs> so, <laughs> it would probably be, yeah, roast chicken, but it would have to be like a jerk seasoning roast chicken. Mm. Then yes, please. fried plantain, but it's like mm. the sweetest, ripe plantain. Oh, Delicious. yeah. Yes, please. Roast potatoes... <laughs> but also rice and peas.
4: Yes, please, yes, please. <laughs> um, the rice and peas, like standard rice and peas, or is like a bit of a coconut milk in involved? Coconut milk. Oh, God, thyme. I knew it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is it that sort of brown rice? Uh, sort of, you know what I mean? That sort of, you know, with the lovely...
5: With kidney beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has loads of coconut milk and thyme and, yeah, delicious. And, yeah. and um, we always randomly have coleslaw. Like, yes, <laughs> I love that. Yes, please. <laughs> we'll have that on the side. And then for dessert, I love cakes from Conditore and Cook, so I'll oh, okay.
4: <laughs> So this, this some involvement. Yep, Lara's waving. Curly.
5: Yeah, Curly, whirly. Curly, diley. whirly.
4: <laughs> so what's the so, curly, whirly cake from Conditore and for Cook? For me, it's
5: like what a real red velvet should have been. Uh-huh. Ah. So what red
4: velvet would have been would if have it could been. have been.
5: Yes, if it could have been. In another life. Yeah.
4: When it was looking at itself from somewhere else, but also not controlling its own hand. It's how a red velvet... And trapped inside itself all It's once. how
0: a red velvet cake imagines itself in its sexual fantasies.
4: <laughs> curly whirly.
5: And, um, and, a, and a standard apple crumble.
4: Because, Sweet. because yeah, I just like it. What are you going with it? Custard, um, ice cream? Definitely not Halo Top ice no cream. Halo no Halo Top. <laughs> screw Halo.
5: Oh, you know, have you found another way to
0: be naughty? Oh, how about I kill you?
5: Uh, <laughs> we've converted
4: her haven't we
5: custard but the custard, custard yeah. you get in the fridge mm. so Ooh, the, Oh, cold fresh, fresh custard, custard. Yes. yes yes so yeah <laughs> chicka
0: bow wow <laughs> chicka 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 idea. chicka, chicka, chicka bow,
4: wow thank you so much I think these are two are the best answers I've ever heard <laughs> I mean
0: they're certainly they going to be up there really lovely five.
4: stuff yeah. you've picked I'd like to Join you for those meals, please.
0: <laughs> I think it's time for a cigarette.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Divinia, have you got anything you are working on at the moment that you would like to plug, other than just yourself as a CBT therapist?
5: So I do, I guess, I'll call it micro-blogging on Instagram, so cool. check me out, it's The Diet Boycott. Um, find
4: me
0: awesome Jess, you've got Hench coming up. The I've got a, I'm
4: i going to be um, doing Hench at the Soho Theatre at the end of October. I think that's nearly sold out. Yes, please. But for three weeks in January. And who comes out in January? So can you come to that, please? I would get in quickly if you want a ticket to Hench and you do want and a ticket the, And then, then if you're listening to this anywhere that you can't get to London from, I'm touring it from February and hopefully not just in the UK. I'm not 100% confirmed yet, but hopefully Melbourne as well. Yeah, can I have one question? Mm. Yeah. Like that's like the ideal. How do you approach that when you live in a society that values thinness and commodifies thinness everywhere? Like all your friends who are feminists, and they like they're like yeah blah blah, but they're also like oh we shouldn't do that. that's yeah. guilty that that's bad that's good. Like how do you live a life when you're not you don't want to be the preachy person that's like that's not good or bad or whatever? How do you like just Just live life, generally,
5: when you like it's everywhere. That is such a good question, because it's really, it is really hard. And I think all the people that I know that I've tried to adopt intuitive eating is, or finding other people, you know, that are on the same path as you. So I do have friends and family who are heavily, you know, dieting, and I don't want to be that person that's like, that's wrong, because, you know, everyone has to find their own path, but... I do, you know, Instagram's a really great tool for finding people that are all different shapes and sizes. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to widen what we see. Um, We Mm. need to start having different body sizes and colours and shapes on TV. Mm -hmm. What I did, I diversified my Instagram feed completely. So I just started looking at images of all different people all different shapes and seeing that that's normal to me and also spending time with other people that you know want to detach their self-worth from their body I guess you Mm. know in a way but every day you know diet culture is there it's everywhere so it is a struggle every day you are batting those thoughts away but as much as I can in my outside life I try and immerse myself with, you know, diversity and people that are on the same path as me. So is the answer, fire some friends? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not fire them, but if they don't make you feel good, spend less time with them, essentially. Or say, yeah, your diet sounds great, but can we talk about this?
3: Yeah,
4: I have the big, big issue with it like big issue and I don't have any like perfect answers to the question I've found that if I am around conversations that are making me sad I do have to leave those conversations I don't have to leave those friends but I have to leave those conversations and if they're good enough friends then you can get into a conversation where you say I find that kind of chat makes me sad. It makes me sad. And you can talk about your experience without being preachy. You can say I'm doing this. I'm eating like this. I had this lovely time. I ate this thing. It made me feel like this. You can talk about your experience positively, negatively, openly with your friends who will be interested in your life because they are your friends and your loved ones. Um, if these people aren't your friends or loved ones and they're f- filling your life with that toxic shit, then don't hang around them. But yeah, I don't think you have to ditch the friends and loved one. You can still just talk about it from your experience without being, oh, I suppose preachy or boring or polemical or whatever. And then it is that thing. I think actions over words. No one's ever changed their behavior because someone shouted at them, which is a shame because that's what my entire last show is, hench. Um, <laughs> a woman shouting for an hour for people to start, please, no, please, please stop being on diet. Really, but, um, it it's, um, but they will change if they see someone they love, having this happy, healthy, brilliant life where their mental health is inordinately better because they're not being on diets anymore. And the more of us act in the way, the more people see the action, and that's as powerful as the saying of the thing, if not way more. Yeah.
0: Well done. Well, Davinia, thank you so
4: much for coming on. Can Um, I just quickly thank Cat Food Cakes for the badass vegan rainbow cake. That was so good.
0: We'll all check out your Instagram and your deets because it sounds brilliant. And I concur that actually following people with different body shapes and sizes on Instagram has really helped me just change what I think is beautiful, yeah. uh, including in myself. And I may even include my cellulite in one of my <laughs> sexual fantasies, just for fun. Yeah. Um, check out the cellulite, John Hamm. is the opening to the sexual fantasy. Um,
3: LAUGHTER
0: <laughs> a big round of applause for Jessica Vostekio incredible and don't forget to rate to subscribe to Hoovering and rate and review give it five stars big 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 round of applause for Dominia Knoll Woo-hoo! everyone at King's Place and you good selves for coming give yourselves a big round of applause give it up also for Deborah Francis White Thank you very much. Good night. You have been listening to The Hungry Feminist with Jessica foster Q, Me, Deborah Francis-White and our very special guest, Davinia Knoll. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. The producer was Tom Sulinski for The Spontaneity Shop. Musicals by Mark Hodge and Mike Greenway. Thanks to Zoe, Sally and everyone at King's Place as well as all of you for listening. For more information about Jessica foster Q's hoovering podcast, go to jessicafosterq.com. and for more information about The Guilty Feminist and our crossover podcast season, go to guiltyfeminist.com.
4: But also ar- aroused,
0: intimidated and aroused. That's just sort of the basic state of the average British male, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was like you were having a holiday there yeah. in British manland.
4: <laughs> this well. is great for podcasts.